You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Thank you so much, Tyler, for inviting me back. I I was here a couple of years ago, I think. Uh, I shared with you on a Sunday morning and Tyler has asked me to come back. Obviously, I did something right. Uh, It's always a privilege to be asked to speak in someone else's church. It's always a privilege to come into God's, God's house and have a sense of God's presence. I don't know about the rest of you, but I really sense that God is doing something here this morning. We have these rare moments where during worship, it's almost as if God shows up in the fullness of his power, and he wants to do something amazing and wonderful through all of us. I was reminded of the story of the lady that had an issue of blood for 12 years. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was on his way to the house of Jairus to heal his son and, and as he was going you know prepared to bring healing to someone else this lady pressed on him and touched the hem of his garment saying that if only i can touch him i know i will be healed and sometimes you may have needs that are unspoken and in moments of worship like we had this morning when we can sense god's presence we just need to press on in and tap into what god is doing so i really want to encourage you that you do that this morning amen I also want to say a big thank you to Tyler and Donna for your friendship and for the honor that you bestowed upon me to come and speak to this wonderful church. Um, I heard a friend of mine um, say that ministers and pastors are a gift from God. Read from Ephesians 4.11. They are gifts given to the church. And he was saying that the way we appreciate the giver is to appreciate the gifts. So I want to appreciate um, Tyler and Donna and all the team here for the wonderful gifts that they are to this church and I hope that you do the same because in doing so you appreciate the giver. Amen. I also want to um, say a few things about people that are brought from Canterbury. I brought three people from Canterbury. Um, Ayo who drove us this morning. Thank you Ayo for driving us. Um, Shelly-Ann and also Leslie. These are all young emerging leaders in our church. Leslie leads our connect groups, our small house groups uh, and Leslie is a fantastic servant of God. You have to fight this young man for the Hoover after every service. Woe betides the person that picks up the vacuum cleaner and tries to clean the sanctuary. That's his job and he guards it with such great pride. Shalian led house groups um, when she was a student and, and she's come back. And uh, Shalian is now back doing a PhD in, in biochemistry and, and she's um, leading or helping to lead the, the children's ministry. And Ayo is just a fantastic servant. He, he does my hair for me. He comes to the house and does my hair. It's, it's, it's very, very simple work. There's not much to cut. So, but, but he, he enjoys, enjoys doing that. And, and this morning, I've, I've, I've brought them along with me and, and the journey was, was wonderful. Um, I was able to rest and relax my mind and, and catch up in conversation. Just wanted to, to introduce them to you. Um, and also a bit about myself, like Tyler said, I, I pastor a church in Canterbury. We, we are based at the center of the University of Kent campus, um, where I also teach chemistry. So we have, um, on most Sundays, about 200 students, maybe 150 students that, that turn up, very energetic. It's, it's like a, a youth, youth meeting every Sunday morning. Um, but we've also planted a, a congregation in the city center in the last three weeks. So please pray for us as, as we pioneer this church in the city center. Amen. So that's a bit about uh, the background of, of, of who I am and, and what I do. I am married to a lovely woman called Adelaide. We've got two wonderful kids together, um, Dale and Ariella. They're not here this morning. They are back in Canterbury. 
And I pray this morning that the Lord will speak through me to all of us, myself included, and what he's laid upon my heart to be a blessing, to be a word in season, a word that would really just challenge and change us. That's, that's what you pray this morning, isn't it? That challenge and changes as we hear his word. Amen. Father, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to speak your word. Father, I pray that this will be a word in season, a word that would touch and transform all of us, transform somebody. This will be the word that someone needs, Lord Jesus, to bring breakthrough in their lives. Father, but your word will also change and challenge us. Your word will, will shape us into the image of your son. Your words, Lord Jesus, will resound in our hearts, minds, and spirits in the coming days and weeks for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When Tyler asked me to, to share with you um, this, obviously you pray and you see God's face and there were so many things going through my mind. I, I thought I would share on the fear of God and I thought, no, no, I would share on the power of talents. And I was like, Lord, just give me a word, a specific word for this church. And I believe that he has. And the title of my sermon is Our Exceedingly Great Reward. And as we were singing these songs this morning, it just confirmed what God wants to share with all of us this morning. That God is our exceedingly great reward. In Him we have everything. All our needs are met in full in Jesus Christ. He has paid the price for our sin and for our salvation. And if we have it, we have it all. Amen. But sometimes as Christians, we fail to recognize the power and potential that we, we have in knowing and working with Jesus Christ. We can have our, our focus sometimes distracted, our attention taken by the good many things in this world. And I believe that God wants this morning through um, the time of worship and, and through the sermon to refocus our minds. Because he says that he would keep in perfect peace the one who has his mind stayed on him. So God is our exceedingly great reward. Today I want to read from Psalm 103 verse 1 to 7 and then from Genesis 13. And you may think that those two scriptures don't really connect, but I pray and hope that by the time we finish, we will see the connection in Jesus' name. So first of all, turn with me if you can to Psalm 103, Psalm that we know very well, Psalm of David. And, and as we read, I pray that you know, God will speak to all of us through his word. Psalm 103. Hallelujah. A wonderful psalm that uh, we, we've written songs about and we, we sing um, from this psalm. It's always wonderful to sing songs from the psalm. Amen. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He has made, he has made known his ways to Moses, his acts, to the children of Israel. just want us to really just stay on verse 7. So he has made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. And turn again with me to Genesis 13 as we read. Genesis 13, the story of Abraham and then how God gave uh, Canaan to Abraham as an inheritance. So I'm going to read all of 
um, Genesis 13, and I'm going to try and, and summarize uh, uh, 14, and maybe we'll pick it up again from chapter 15. It's good to read big chunks of scripture. I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing because it contains the word of God, and the word of God can lead to transformation. It says that Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel, the place where he, where his tent had been and beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Lot also, who went with Abraham, had flock and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between us, between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. It's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan. And it was well watered every, it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. That is, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go up towards Zohar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east. And then separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your name, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that the, if a man could number the dust of the earth, then the descendants would also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the turbine trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar to the Lord. Now, just to give some background to this story, Abraham hears a, a voice from, from God to journey into an unknown land. Abraham begins to walk with all that he had, his wife um, Sarah and his nephew Lot, their people and their herds and their livestock. They begin to journey and the Lord's blessing fell upon them that they multiplied their, their livestock and there arose a dispute. So Abraham is saying, let's not fight, we are brethren, just lift your eyes, wherever you want to go, I'll go the opposite direction. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw the Lot. The land of Jordan was very green and, and, and fertile and he, and he felt to himself, that's where I'll go with my livestock. It looks like a great opportunity. And Abraham looked to the other side and all he could see were the rocky hills. And Lord journeys and the Lord comes to Abraham and says, now look to the eastwards and the southwest. Everything that remains, I will give to you as an inheritance to you and your descendants. Now, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes, not always, sometimes, I look at people and see all the blessings seemingly that they have. All the livestock, all the, the finance, all the uh, material things that they have. And, and I look and all I have are the promises of God. Uh, Abraham by this time has not yet had a son. 
And God is saying, and Abraham is well advanced in his years. He's almost past the age of good performance. And God is, you cut that bit later on. And God is saying to him, I will multiply your descendants. Abraham saying to himself, I don't even have a child. I will give you this land as an inheritance. And Mamre, I did some research. It had very few trees. As a matter of fact, one of the trees became sacred. Because it was probably the only tree that was, was growing well. And Abraham was seeing all these rocky hills and God is saying to him, I will give this to you as your inheritance. On the other side, Lot is now journeying to a fertile land flowing with grass and greenery. And Abraham must have thought to himself, is this all I have? The promises of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes we will look, we may think to ourselves, our journey with God is not so fruitful as we thought. The people that are living outside his plans and purpose seem to be doing much better than we are. And sometimes we may think to ourselves, is it all worth it? I don't know what challenges you're going through, but I'm here to remind you that the Lord is your exceedingly great reward. Amen. So Lot now goes and pitches his tent by Sodom. And read on to chapter 14, Lot is now living in Sodom. We must be very careful where we pitch our tent. As Christians, we must not see where the line between sin and righteousness is and pitch our tent as close as possible to sin, but not being in sin. Because if you're not careful, you'll find yourself flirting with sin. Lot is now living in Sodom. And a war arises in Sodom and Lot and his people are captured and taken to captivity. One person escapes and comes and tells Abraham that your nephew has been captured. So we get to um, chapter 14 and verse 14 onwards. Now, I brought my goggles because as you advance in, in years, you don't see as well as you should. Uh, it's been a war of attrition, you know, between you know, spectacles and my pride. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm here to confess that spectacles have, have won this war of attrition. So I'll, I'll put it on with no shame. Oh, wow. So clear. <laughs> now, pride is a, is, a, is a bad thing. Now, when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is the north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods. And also brought back his brother, Lot, and his goods, as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh. After his return from defeat of Chedoloma, the king who were with him. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. And he was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham. Blessed be Abraham of God most high possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand and he, and he gave them a gave them a tithe of all now the king of Sodom said to Abraham give me the persons and take the goods for yourself but Abraham said to the king of Sodom I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high the possessor of heaven and earth that I will take nothing from a tread to a sandal strap and that I will take anything that is yours lest you say I have made Abraham rich except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went out with me, Anna, Eskol, and Mamre. Let them take their portion. So Abraham goes and rescues Lot and rescues some people from 
the king of Sodom as well on the way back. And he must have seen all the possessions that they had. A great many possessions. And he, he gives a, a, a tithe to Melchizedek. You know, this is, this is why he says that even before Jacob, um, Declare to the Lord that I will give a tenth of all that you give me. Abraham paid tithe. And even the Levites, who were in the loins of Abraham, also paid a tithe. So paying a tithe and supporting the work of God in, in, in the modern day Christianity is something that is enjoined on all of us as Christians. But Abraham says to the king that I don't want to take anything that belongs to you. Just like in Kaza, if I come into my blessing, he will say, by my hand, Abraham became rich. So they take all the stuff. And Abraham is now by himself, rescues Lot, Lot now journeys back to where he's come from. And Abraham is by himself and all he can see are the plains of Canaan, the rocky hills and the barren land, childless. And it says in chapter 15, after these things, and I, and I pointed in my heart why it says after these things. After Lot had gone, after the, the king had taken his possession, after he paid tithe to Melchizedek, after everything was silent and Abraham was left alone with himself and his thoughts. When all is quiet, what goes through your mind? What challenges you? What questions arises in your mind? What do you say to the Lord? What answers are you waiting upon? What challenges are you still facing that the Lord is yet to come through? All you see are the promises of God, but there is barrenness before you after all these things the word of the lord came to abraham in a vision saying do not be afraid i don't know why you're going through but i sense that this morning god is saying to somebody do not be afraid it may seem that nothing is fruitful in your life it may seem like you are waiting for a season and a half for god's promises to come and nothing is happening do not be afraid. But the words that the Lord spoke afterwards to me are some of the most powerful and profound words that I've read in the Bible. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Friend, we heard this morning in our songs in the time of worship how Jesus has paid the price, how he has overcome, how we have healing, wholeness, provision in his name. And I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I sense that God wants to speak a word in season to somebody. Say, do not be afraid. I am your shield. In your challenges, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. See, if you're not careful as Christians, we can sing all these wonderful promises that nothing holds us back in loving and moving closer to God. But there are things that hold us back. If we are honest, when Christ died on the cross, it says that the, the curtain in the, in the temple that separated the holies of holies was torn from top to bottom. When the Apostle Paul had a vision of heaven, he says, I saw a door standing open. There is an open invitation for every Christian into God's throne room. But sometimes things hold us back. It may be your challenges. It may be a career that you're pursuing. It may be the material things of this world. It may be that you are lifting your eyes and seeing your cousins, your friends, rolling in riches and financial wealth, but you are struggling. It may be that others are, are, are having wonderful time in their relationships, but you're also struggling. It may be a wayward child. Things can restrict us from walking into this open invitation that God has placed before us. But God is saying this morning, after all these things, when everything is quiet and silent, don't be afraid, for I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. So I began to ponder on these words. What does it mean for God to be our exceedingly great reward? 
And look at the, the life of Abraham. How he begins to walk with God in the wilderness. And each time God begins to reveal himself to Abraham. Abraham had something of God that many people missed. And I read in Psalm 103. And it says that God showed his ways to Moses by his acts to the people of Israel. And sometimes we can be so pleased with the acts of God. But miss out the ways of God. Because Moses knew who God was. Moses had a revelation of, of, of who God was. He said to God, God, if your presence will not go with me, there's no point going. Because if I have your presence, I have it all. Friend, what are we missing out? Because we have been so captivated by the, the acts of God. The blessings of God. We have been so consumed by the blessings that we are missing out on the benefactor. God is saying, do not be afraid. For I am a shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. I'm here to remind you, there is nothing that comes close to knowing God. Nothing that comes close. You see, I, I, I have tried all kinds of stuff. Growing up, I indulged in some colorful things that, you know, I'm not going to say before the, the good people of the Lord this morning. But when everything failed, then I just thought, let me just try Jesus. A friend, my mind was blown when I encountered the Lord Jesus Christ for who he was. All my life growing up, if I got into trouble, I asked for his forgiveness. If I came unstuck, I asked for help. I was interested in his acts and not his ways. But when I encountered the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for who he was, my life was changed. Friends, there is a great treasure in knowing and trusting the Lord. The first thing that I have discovered in my work with God that if you have him as your exceedingly great reward is that you will walk in peace and you have a blessed assurance. If you have made the Lord your treasure, you will always walk in peace. He will keep in perfect peace those who have their minds stayed on him. There are things in this world that will challenge and baffle us. Things that in our own strength we don't even have a chance to even begin to overcome. But if we stay our minds on the Lord, he will keep us in perfect peace. He will be our shield. He will be our confidence. Amen. The psalmist said, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But I will put my trust in the Lord. There are things that I have faced in, in this world that I have said to myself, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know, you may have been there before. You go to some stuff, Lord, if you take me through this, I will, I will worship you forever. But as soon as you come through, you start thinking of something else. But if you trust the Lord, you walk in peace and you have a blessed assurance that come what may, the Lord will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. Amen. Number two, those that trust the Lord and treasure him, they are privileged to the secrets of the Lord. You see, there are, there are some things that we just need a word in season. There are some things that we go through that it does not matter what people say. People can give us good advice, but sometimes we need God advice. That word in season that will bring about breakthrough. But if you trust the Lord and, and He's your treasure, you spend time with Him. Hello? You see, when, when we sometimes, actually, no, not sometimes, most times, if I'm honest, if I come before the Lord in prayer, I have, you know, 10 requests, the things that I need from the Lord. Uh, but, but on these some rare occasions, I come before God just to be in His presence, just to hang out with Him. I don't know about you, but those times you catch such great, great revelation. The times that you go with, with requests and petitions, you will pray the Lord will, will, will hear it. But those times, they just want to hang out with the Father. 
you, you catch such great revelation that just transforms your life. Those that treasure the Lord, spend time just for the sake of spending time with God. Amen. Just make time to spend with God. Try it sometimes. Take a holiday from work just to spend time with God. We take time from work to, to go away, to rest, but just take some, take two days off work just to spend time with God. And if you do that, God will reveal his secrets to you. He says that, surely I do nothing unless I reveal it first to my servants, my prophets. The secrets of the Lord are with those who fear him. If you treasure the Lord God Almighty, you have the privilege of knowing his secrets. And friend, we need some words in season for our lives. Words that will bring about breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. The third thing that I've realized that if I have the Lord as my exceedingly great reward, I will always have his provision. Sometimes I've realized that in my life I struggle because I want to follow my own ways. I have to follow my own agenda, my own priorities. And I just want to invite God to bring his provision for my vision. But friend, if we look and seek God for his vision for our lives, his provision will come alongside that. Amen. The psalmist says that I have been young and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. Those that trust the Lord will always have his provision. If you will walk in his plans and purposes for your life, the Lord will give you the provision. Pro means for. Provision means for the vision. What is God asking you to do as an individual or as a church? If we will have faith in him, if we will look to him, he will always bring about provision. Amen. See, sometimes we put our trust in our jobs, in our careers. The blessings may come through these sources, but it always comes from God. Amen. We need to trust the Lord. Number four, those that have the Lord as their treasure and him as, his, as the exceedingly great reward have full protection. The first thing that the Lord said to Abraham, don't be afraid for I am your shield. The Lord will be your full protection. In this world, we will face many a great challenge, but be of good cheer because our Lord has overcome. Whatever we are going through, we can't be assured that the Lord is our very present help in our time of need. Those that trust him have his full protection. He says in Isaiah, if you pass through the waters, they will not overwhelm you. Through the fire, they will not scorch you, for I will be with you. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I'm here to remind somebody the Lord is your protection. Whatever you're going through, if he has brought you to it, he will bring you through it. He will not allow you to go through anything that you can bear. He is with you. He is your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Number five, those who trust the Lord always have joy. And this for me is what has transformed my life as a person. Know that when I became a Christian, all my trials and challenges stopped. They didn't actually, if I'm honest, they became multiplied. But there's a joy that comes from knowing God. That the world with all its challenges cannot take from you. Because in his presence there is fullness of joy at his right hand. Pleasures forevermore. Amen. That's no matter what you're going through. There's this joy and inner peace that a Christian has. Because his eyes are stayed on the Lord God Almighty. In his presence... There is fullness of joy. And friend, if you don't have joy, get yourself in God's presence. Your life will be joyful, will be full of joy. Those who trust the Lord always have this sense of joy. I remember I had a friend who came to my, my house about six or seven years ago. 
probably a bit longer and he began to really just pour his heart out and say, you know, I'm going through such challenges. I can't pay my fees. I've been deregistered. I can't pay my rent. I'm about to be kicked out. Uh, my visa is, is almost up and I'm being asked to leave because I'm not, not studying. I can't stay here for not studying. I don't know what I'm going to do because my dad has been shot in Zimbabwe. If I go back, there's nothing for me. And it's just, he says, you're not going to understand. You're not going to understand. You've got a good job. You've got a good house. You're not going to understand. And I just smiled and laughed. I said, young man, if you knew exactly what I was going through, you would cry. He said, no way. There's no way you can be going through what I'm going through. So I began to share just a small part. Not a big part. A small part of what I was going through. So he gets up and goes to my bathroom. And he was there for a long time. I'm just thinking, you know, it's a small house. I'm not sure what he's doing in there. You know, so... I knocked on the door. I said, hey, what, what are you doing in there? And he wouldn't answer. So I knocked some more. I just put him quiet, And he was there crying. And he comes up and says, so how are you able to remain so joyful? I said, you know what? It's because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That I know no matter what I go through, I can be joyful because if he is for me, no one can be against me. And he says, I want to meet this Lord and savior of yours and right there in my living room i prayed for him he received the lord as his savior and he's still as far as i know walking with the lord it's a certain joy that comes from knowing god that this world did not give and cannot take number six those that treasure the lord and trustful in him they are strong Amen. they are strong you know i always have this image of jesus christ as the lion and the lamb isn't it amazing how can he be a lion and a lamb? You look at him, he's so meek and gentle. There's no comeliness about him, the Bible says, but he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah, the conquering king. And you see, sometimes as Christians, we can appear meek and gentle, but there's an inner strength that comes from the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. If you trust the Lord and treasure him, you have an inner strength. Says in Daniel, those that know their God, they shall be strong and they will do great exploits. All of us sat here have the dynamis power of God dwelling in us. We have the potential to do great and awesome things. No matter our age, how young or how old we are, God is able to achieve great things through all of us. If you treasure him, if he is your exceedingly great reward, you will have strength to overcome. Amen. Friend, there is certain treasure that comes from knowing God. That I believe sometimes the things of this world can cause us to miss. I'm here to remind you that we are who we are because of what Christ did on the cross. And those that have the Lord, they have it all. They have strength when they are weak. They have his provision when they suffer lack. They have his healing when they are ill. And they have his hope when they are downcast. Don't be afraid. The Lord is saying to you this morning, I am your shield. You are exceedingly great reward. I want us to, to just hear what God is saying to us this morning. To stay our minds upon him. There are so many things that are needful. So many things that may be good. And like Martha, if you're not careful, we can be so encumbered by these things. But Mary chose what is most needful. To stay at the feet of the Lord. I want to encourage you. Whatever you're going through, just stay at the feet of the Lord. Because in that place, your needs we met in full in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder if you could stand up this morning. Just allow these words that I've spoken, these few words, to begin to have some purchase upon you. If I can, I can invite the worship team to come forward and lead us in a song. Song, many of you may know the song. It may be new for some of you. Just that this is the air I breathe. Your holy presence.
living with me. It says, I am lost without you, the Lord God Almighty. And sometimes we may sing these songs, but we will not allow them to have purchase upon us. I want this morning the words of this song to really to sink into your spirits. Let it be your confession this morning. Lord, your presence is the very air that I breathe. The Lord Jesus Christ said that, you know, my very food is to do the will of the Father. I don't know how busy you have been the last few weeks, months and years that you have been distracted. I just sense that there are people here this morning that you know the Lord has been calling you to do a certain thing, but you have been so, so distracted. It may be fear or anxiety. It may just be busyness. But I just want to, to say to you, let your, your very food be to do the will of the Father. Jesus said that I, I, I do nothing except what I see the Father do. And I say nothing except what I hear the Father say. Let that be your confession this morning. That Lord, I want to live my life wholly devoted to your cause. I want to live my life, Lord, God, fully pleasing you. Your word declares the Lord, God, I'm going to seek you first, the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness, and you will supply everything else. Lord, just help me. Just anoint me, Lord God, to seek you with all that I am and will be. Help me to be about the Father's business. Allow you the space in the room to do what you have promised. This is the air I breathe. Hallelujah. Lord, I bless your name. Lord, we have nothing else except you. And we don't say that with a sense of resignation. That, oh Lord, this is all that we are left with. Oh, there are some people here this morning that like Abraham after they, they seen all that Lot, the king of Sodom had must have said quietly to himself what do I have Lord all I have your promises in these desolate lands well Lord God you came in and said Abraham do not be afraid for I am your shield your exceedingly great reward the sense that you are saying to us this morning that what we have in you far exceeds far supersedes anything that this world can give us in you we have all our needs better for you. so father this morning we want to say that this is the air uh, Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.